0: Hi, and welcome to Season 3 of Emetophobia Help. I'm your host, Anna Christie, licensed therapist, author, and recovered emetophobic. Trigger warning for these podcasts will be words and sometimes a story, but I try to make sure they're not too gross. For you therapists who are listening, Dr. David Russ, child psychologist, and I have a new resource website for you at emetophobia.net, and there are self-help instructions there as well if you're looking for exposure resources. Um, People with emetophobia, I have a new Facebook group that I made called Emetophobia No Panic, which has very strict rules and is more about sharing success, success, therapy information, and so on, more so than the other groups. If you're enjoying this podcast or you find it helpful, you can buy me a coffee for a couple of bucks or a couple of pounds. Just scroll down in the notes to see the link. Here today with Lorena from Seattle, Washington in the USA. How are you doing, Lorena?
1: I'm doing well, thanks.
0: Good to see you and, and meet you. Um, I start, as always, with with your story. Tell us about your story with emetophobia.
1: Yeah, so I I didn't always know. Um, well, first off, I should probably say I haven't been formally diagnosed with emetophobia, but I have, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the telltale signs. and Right. Um. So, I have kind of like a little timeline here. Um, I know from my two older sisters, they told me the story of that when I was a baby, I, someone actually had vomited on me. Um, oh, no. And, but I, I kind of feel like that's not necessarily how it started because I, I just assume if it were, then I would be afraid of others vomiting, but it's more right. in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when I was a child, I had uh, some kind of bug and that, that was scary. Um, I also just have a general predisposition to anxiety, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it runs in my family and everything. Um, and then through, throughout school and growing up, I would just, I knew I didn't like it and it would be scary when it happened. And, you know, if I ever heard somebody, I'd cover my ears and, and try and make a noise to cover up the sound and, um, and stuff like that. Then in college, I took a food safety class, which mm-hmm. taught, you know, pretty strict rules, stuff you do in a restaurant, not necessarily yeah at home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I started doing those things at home uh and i got married and and then i've been pregnant twice mm-hmm. and so the the height of my anxiety is when i'm pregnant because i have that um fear that it's going to happen you know and but i've kind of trudged on and and done it anyway because i really wanted a family and i i don't mm-hmm. think it's as severe as maybe some other people who can't get to that point um so yeah i right i I looked it up one day when I was at my worst, and I was not eating very well, and eating was just a burden, you know, and I wasn't pregnant at that point, but I was nursing, so i I needed the calories, you know
0: right, so. yeah, yeah, so when you looked it up, that's when you kind of diagnosed yourself is that what is that what you mean?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I reached out to a therapist who specialized in eating disorders.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: was like, well, I don't think I have an eating disorder, but I'm weird with food. And I think it might be emetophobia because I just looked it up and found the word for it. You know, right. she never actually responded, which is fine. She was probably busy. But And then oh, okay. I found I found your website and I read... Your story and that helped a lot And I kind of let it be for A year or so and then I came back to it When I felt like right. More ready to Actually do something about it Yeah I'm I'm at the point Now where I there's actually Hope um, I used to think that I Would never be without Emetophobia but oh, wow. Now I have hope that I can Be healed That's
0: good It's always good to have hope yeah. Alright hope is better than no hope, um, for sure. So thank you um, for that. I I have a bunch of questions, or a few, not a bunch, but um, you talked about someone, you heard that someone vomited on you as a baby, and you said that if that had contributed to your phobia, you'd be afraid of other people but you are kind of because if you hear the sound you you plug your ears is that mm-hmm. fair to say
1: yeah that's true
0: you, you don't want to see it probably either someone yeah, else vomiting well
1: i think i think becoming a mother has helped with that a lot <laughs> right because yeah. i've had to confront it and it you know it starts with spit up and that's not the same mm-hmm. But it's like a little exposure and then and then they're small so it's just a little bit you know if they do get sick and then right i mean now i have a four-year-old and a one-year-old so
0: oh my gosh you're busy uh,
1: yeah (laughs) my husband's very nice watching them right now for me
0: oh that's good (laughs) yeah we've had we've had a few technical (laughs) problems and then i was sitting here um reading something and 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 waiting for her and she was sitting waiting for me so (laughs) here we are though here we are your husband's very nice yeah Yeah. um I find you know some of these early stories that's really interesting what happened to you as a baby because I wonder how many emetophobic people have something happen to them when they're a baby and nobody remembers it You know, like no one in the family tells the story, so you don't remember it, but your body will remember it. Maybe not that, but your body remembers things that happen, traumatic things and being separated from mom and, you know, stuff like that, that we we don't remember Mm -hmm. because we didn't have language to, you know, and our brains weren't developed enough, but um, yeah. I don't know what circumstances, is there a story behind that? Why would anyone vomit on a baby?
1: <laughs> well, I guess I had a poopy diaper and it was pretty bad.
0: <laughs> okay. That was, yeah. And somebody the was, person
1: taking care of me was, I, I think, just generally sensitive, had a sensitive stomach and yeah. put me in the bath and that just made it worse. Or, oh, oh no.
0: Yeah.
1: At least I was right there in the bath ready to wash off.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Showers are better sometimes um, when that happens. As I'm sure you know because you have little people. Um, Yeah. Sometimes you just open up a diaper and go, yeah, we're just turn on the shower because (laughs) this is a disaster. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So it was probably not your mother. It was probably somebody else looking after you and, you know, that Mm-hmm. that person was upset, obviously. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think that causes the whole phobia, for sure. But it could be a contributing factor, something that happens to us as as a baby. Um, and then when you were a child, you had some kind of stomach bug, you were saying? Do you, do you know how old yeah. you were?
1: It was between four and nine. I want to say maybe five and-
0: and um, do you remember being scared?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it started, you know, it was probably a 24-hour thing. I, I remember several times, though, being sick that day or those couple mm-hmm. of days. Um, the, in the morning when it first happened, I wasn't scared, and I just went about my day. I wanted to go with my mom somewhere, so I went in her in the car with her. And then coming home... You know, it happened again because I was unwell. Right. And it gradually throughout the day, it progressed to being more and more scared. Okay. Because yeah. I was, you know, feeling out of control and feeling yucky. And mm-hmm. um, I remember at one point being in front of a TV, you know, with a container next to me. Yeah. And just feeling anxiety.
0: Oh, Sorry, that's so that interesting. Noise. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting um, yeah. t- to be that young and to have anxiety about it. You, I think you said something um, at the beginning about that you had a predisposition for anxiety from your family. Can, can you say any more about that?
1: Yeah. Um, that's. I guess that's mainly an assumption based on what I've observed from my parents. I've, I have one parent that okay. was just generally very anxious. And I think mm-hmm. um, it's hard because there's still a lot of taboo, even in my own family um, mm-hmm. around mental health and stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, my sister, you know, I have siblings that have had anxiety, depression, um we also have some ADHD in our family, and there's a, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: um, that
0: makes sense. Then that there is there's a family relationship. It's not exactly, you know, hereditary per se, or a gene that we can identify but um i read somewhere and i can't remember where but i put it in my book and one of the editors that went through the book <laughs> wrote a comment and said do you really mean this <laughs> what i read was that in you know in in ancient times when we were cave people or whatever the anxious people, you know, you see those period movies where the, the, the guys are all like racing towards war on their horses with their spears. And so all the brave people got killed and the people that ran and hid, you know, stayed alive. And so we, it's, it's survival, not necessarily of the fittest, but of the most adaptable. And, you know, if there are are animals or other people around that are going to kill you? You're going to. That's pretty adaptable to learn to run away from them. So I, I, kind of said, you know, we're we're all like. There's so much anxiety. So many people have anxiety disorders. I think it's like, uh, forty percent of people will have a diagnosable anxiety disorder in their lifetime, whether they get it diagnosed or not is another thing, but um, it's bad enough that someone could diagnose it. So anyway, I, I said something about the cave people, I don't know. And then the editor was like, what do you mean? <laughs> do you really mean, yeah, the scared people survived. That makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, so you you talked about going to college and taking a food safe course. What was your degree in? Mm-hmm. In for interest sake. Oh,
1: I I got a degree in university studies, so I had a little bit of everything.
0: Okay. And yeah, that I've was, heard of that.
1: I was just interested so.
0: in food safe. Yeah, yeah here in yeah. um
1: it, well, it was actually Sorry, it was actually a food preparation class and they had a little module on food safety.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here in Canada, if you want to open a restaurant or anything like that, then one person in the kitchen must have a food safe certificate. And so a bunch of us, my, my daughter, and I decided to buy a bakery cafe at one point <laughs> a few years ago. And so a bunch of us went and got the food safe course. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's good though, don't you think? You know, you learn what how long something should sit out of the fridge. I, I think that's a big thing, like two yeah. hours, then put it and make sure it goes in the fridge after two hours. And what temperature is like the danger zone, you know? Um mm-hmm. where I won't say that you can look it up because half the people listening are gonna be from the USA and they won't know what Celsius is and the other half will be from <laughs> every other country mm-hmm. in the world that won't understand what yeah what the uh Fahrenheit is. Anyway, so yeah, you learn don't keep food in, in the danger zone and um mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's
1: Well also in that class I was introduced to norovirus. I'm not sure oh, yeah. why, but they talked about okay. it. Um, well, I guess because it could spread in food if someone doesn't wash yeah. their hands properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they told, you know, these gory stories and they had like this little song that was supposed to be funny that I didn't find funny at all <laughs> about, you know, being sick. And so that kind of yeah. reinforced it. Right. I, I'm sorry you had
0: to kind of go through that because that would not be good right like when you have emetophobia and you're hearing gory stories first of all we don't need to tell gory stories and i don't i can't even imagine what the little song is i'm not going to ask you to sing it um (laughs) but but um if it helped people to wash their hands then i hope it was a helpful resource to sing a little song i don't know um yeah uh, in fact I did read somewhere probably in food safe that 70% of norovirus is transmitted through food or or no that's wrong okay erase that <laughs> 70% of food poisoning is transmittable disease like norovirus So when you have food poisoning, it's often not from leaving the food out too long, salmonella or something. It's often actually norovirus, you know, but it's just like you went somewhere, people ate the same food, everybody got sick, so they call it food poisoning. But yeah, you have to wash your hands, people. (laughs) I'm sure everyone listening knows that. Um, So good for you, you got married and had two kids. What was it like for you when you were pregnant?
1: Yeah, well, let's see. I was anxious, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then when the first trimester was done, it was a big relief. Um, but yeah, during that first trimester, I would it would come on at night usually. Um, I think people have expressed that before. Mm-hmm. You're just more yeah. vulnerable at night, um, and I would be shaking. I think essentially, mm-hmm. I would kind of go into fight or flight sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the shaking was. And um, yeah, during that first pregnancy, I started listening to meditations, which helped calm the anxiety. Right. Okay. And um, so, and then when I got close to labor, I was watching this video about what labor is like and what to expect. And they just casually mentioned, you might throw up. And yeah, that was a I whole nother. I was like, oh, I thought right. I was. I thought I was in the clear. Yeah.
0: I bet you didn't but, throw up though.
1: Yeah. Right? Um no, I Yeah, I I actually haven't since I was a young teenager.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't and, find I, I I don't know I've talked to and read thousands of emetophobic, you know, I've talked to thousands of emetophobic women online and I don't recall any of them saying they actually threw up in labor? I don't think emetophobics throw up very much. I think that could even be a cause of our emetophobia. We go so long without vomiting that it—it's just becomes an avoidance, just living, you know. Um, and um, I think there are certain things I've—I very rarely, very rarely have heard of any women emetophobics. Having morning sickness where they vomit, they get nauseous, but they don't seem to throw up. So I think we're just mm-hmm. those sort of people um, at for, and it it goes against us. Like it makes it more difficult for us to get over the phobia because we just don't do it, and we go decades, mm-hmm. decades without vomiting, and then the the fear gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and and then it seems just overwhelming. Yeah. So you were. You were yep. anxious. It sounds like. Were you nauseous or d- during your? Yeah. Yeah. Some nausea. Yeah, I yeah. was.
1: Um, I also, uh, you know, my appetite was low, and so it was easy to forget to eat. Right. Or to avoid eating very much, which made it worse. You it know, does. To yeah. Eat to feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: That's true, that's very true and um i I think that it's harder now for women, not only a metaphobic women but let's I'll just talk about them for a minute um There are so many internet groups and discussion forums and places when you're pregnant you know that that women go to and google things and find things online that it it can whatever it is you're afraid of you're going to find it online, you're going to find somebody talk about it, and they're going to probably exaggerate. And then your, your fear just grows and grows and grows, you know, like, even if you're, I I remember one of my daughters just looking up just general things, you know, going on a going on in a Facebook group or something. And she's like, wow, I had to get out of there because they, they come back after labor and they tell these terrible stories about all the awful things that happened to them. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and so yeah. if back in my day in the eighties, when I was having babies, there was no internet. You had your sister and your mom, you know, and if they were okay, like they didn't have morning sickness in my family. So I didn't even think about it. I did not think it was a thing and I didn't have it either. So uh, I really feel, yeah. I feel for women now. And I think if you're a metaphobic and you're pregnant, you really don't need to look anything up on the internet. You don't need to join a group. You don't need to feel bad about getting out of a group because it will probably only heighten your anxiety. If you go to a birthing class, you'll learn everything you need to know or what to, or that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Must probably yeah, probably enough. I
1: I remember, yeah, I remember before um, the my first pregnancy and I we were planning to get pregnant and everything and I was like, why am I doing this? It's pretty much just like eating rotten food. Like I thought it was going to make me sick to be pregnant, but it it okay. didn't. Like it was, it was natural and normal and, I yeah. mean, so is being sick, right? But yeah, um, yeah it was so much different than what I imagined having a bug would be.
0: Right, oh yes, yeah, yeah. The the nausea is more annoying than anything else. I remember like, you have to eat, and you're like, oh great, you know, I have to eat. Graham crackers, (laughs) graham crackers were my best friend. They kind of got a little sugar in them, and I don't know. I just (laughs) kept them beside my bed and ate them before I got up in the morning. Um. Yeah, well, th- thanks for talking about that. We haven't talked about pregnancy on on this podcast for a while now. Um, you said you went to a therapist who specialized in eating disorders. What was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, well, I, actually, I was following her on Instagram and I just reached out in a message. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't have like an appointment or anything.
0: Oh like right. That. yeah, no, you said she so. didn't even get back to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I on the topic of seeking therapy, I Mm -hmm. didn't really know where to turn, so I looked up I I went to the library and got an ebook about anxiety and I went straight to the chapter with um straight to the chapter about tummy troubles, you know, and Mm -hmm. um it was not helpful. Okay.
0: Okay. He it
1: was his experience if he went to someone who Tried to, you know, make him drink the stuff that oh, makes oh, you no. sick. And, oh, I know
0: and, that ebook. Yeah, didn't. yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That,
1: just, that just made it worse.
0: No, not helpful. So, uh, yes. Don't try drinking Ipecac to in order to vomit, in order to get over the phobia. I've known a few people who've done it, um, but they. You know, the I remember one lady in particular, and she said it wasn't too bad of an experience. Um, but her phobia came back before long. She just didn't have any kind of structure to, you know, to kind of any kind of framework to manage the anxious thoughts when they came back. So it's better to do a course of therapy and then if it comes back you can kind of go back to what you learned before. You don't even need to go back to therapy. You can just go back to what you learned and um yeah. And so you the last thing you said was you have hope now. So what's given you hope?
1: Um I I've finally been able to differentiate between nausea and anxiety. Good. And there have even been some times where I have felt sick and I've been free of anxiety. And Good. And that's like an amazing feeling, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, there have been other times where I feel anxious and I don't feel sick or I, I know I'm not sick. But I'm anxious, so you know it kind of comes yep. both both ways. But it's good to have a separation of the two. Yep. And
0: yeah, definitely. The more definitely.
1: I, yeah, the more I listen, you know, to other people's stories or success stories, you know, the more I hope sure. I have.
0: Right yeah that's that's great that's great and I'm glad you have hope because it it is a a very treatable disorder um takes a lot of work to treat it um but there are some great self help books out there now have you have you seen for instance the Emetophobia Manual by Ken Goodman Do you have that book?
1: yeah I have that one. I'm still in the beginning of it
0: yeah yeah that uh, that seems to be very popular. It's a very popular one. Um, free yourself from a Metaphobia by Alexandra Keyes and David Veal. Um, a psychologist and a psychiatrist it is a very solid, solid book based on research. They're both researchers and clinicians, so that's a really great book. You can use either the Metaphobia manual or free yourself from metaphobia with um, our website at emetophobia.net, which is all the resources that you need to do all the exercises. Um, Although I think in the Emetophobia Manual, there are these little QR codes that take you to exposure pictures and things like that eventually. So yeah, you can can make pretty good progress on your own. if not in the Seattle area, there's a great psychologist by the name of David Cousins with a K, K-O-S-I-N-S. He's been on the podcast before. Um, he has a group of emetophobics that meet once every three months or something. And he's he's really, really good at... at um, Treating a metaphobia, he's been doing it for a long time. So, yeah, lots of hope. Great. Well, Lorena, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure that your story is going to be really helpful to people, mothers, uh, people who want to get pregnant, and um, for for people who who just, uh, you know kind of are just figuring out that oh, this is one of the easiest mental illnesses to diagnose yourself. I don't question anybody's diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I don't spend a lot of time diagnosing them. It's mm-hmm. like, are you afraid of vomiting? Yes. Okay. All right. You have a metaphobia. you know, <laughs> um, it, if it... Yeah if it affects your life enough that you go to a therapist. I mean, I know, I have a friend, a good friend actually, mm-hmm. he said, oh, I'm terrified of vomiting, I'm really scared of it. But when I talk to him more, he doesn't ever think about it, except once every 10 or 15 years when he throws up, mm-hmm. then he gets scared, you know, right before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just forgets yeah. about it for another 10 or 15 years. That's not a metaphobia. That's just mm-hmm. fearing, being afraid of vomiting. But anyway. Great. Well, thanks so much for, for being on.
1: Thank you.